Today's podcast is sponsored by Lara Bar, the original fruit and nut bar brand. Founder Laura American believes that a healthy mind and body begins from within. That's why she created a range of indulgent and delicious bars made from six real ingredients as close to their natural state as possible for more mindful snacking. Lara Bar gives you a tasty treat made of simple, minimally processed, vegan and gluten-free ingredients without added sugar and flavors. Simple, real, delicious. Head over to larabar.co.uk to see all the flavors on offer. Today we're joined by Diana Cooper. Author, international speaker and teacher, Diana has been working with the angelic realm since her guardian angel appeared to her over 30 years ago. Born in the Himalayas in 1940, her mission is to connect people to angels, dragons, unicorns and Atlantis for personal and planetary ascension. Her whole life is now devoted to sharing the information and light she's given by these beings, as well as the great Illumin Masters. She's written over 30 books that are translated into 28 languages and produced many card decks that have inspired the wave of angel cards we now see today. Hi, Diana. It is so lovely to meet you today. I've been reading so much about you and your work and It's really wonderful to be able to have this time with you to speak with you and get to know you better. So welcome. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you. It's lovely to be here. And thank you, you know, that you've been part of the festivals for a really, really long time. Like 20 years, I think. I don't think I've missed a year. (laughs) Oh, wow. That is absolutely wonderful. So I'm so pleased that you're going to be doing the festival with us a bit uh, later this year as well. Thank you. It'd be great to welcome you back. Okay, so now anyone that knows you and knows of your work would know you lovingly as the angel lady. And when I've read some of your earlier stories about your um, awareness and exposure to the angels, but perhaps there was a little bit of resistance to to work with them in the beginning. How does this title of the angel lady feel for you now? <laughs> well, it. I don't understand really why people call me that because we're also <laughs> connected to the angels and the angelic realms because mm. the angelic realms are the dragons, the elementals, the unicorns, as well as the angels. It's a mm. vast, vast amount of help that's waiting to come to us and it's all around us at all times. And I'm sure that there are many people that are more angelic than I am, so I don't know why I got that title. But <laughs> very honored but I think what would be helpful for other people that may as exactly as you're saying that we can all be in touch with them um might be interesting to hear about the fact that you chose even though you're aware of them for a long time you only chose to actually interact with them and work with them I'd say professionally later in life um what was the real reason behind that and I wonder if that story can help inspire people that are already exposed to angels to to step into that world a little bit more well I came from a background that was totally non-religious, non-psychic and materialistic. There was nothing that you could not see or hear. But when I was in total despair, I sat down in a chair and I said, if there's anything out there, show me. And that's when an angel came in. So really, they came to me and took me on a journey and told me I was to be a spiritual teacher, which, of course, wasn't meaningless to me. I had no idea what was meant. But I started to train as a hypnotherapist, set up in practice, was aware of them around, but didn't interact with them until 10 years after they first came. And then I was just asking for some guidance for the classes I was running, and the angels came back. And this time they said, 
we'd like you to tell people about angels. And I said, no, thank you. People <laughs> think I'm nuts. And, uh, and, you know, it's difficult enough already with the hypnotherapy things that I do. But the angels said, and who is doing your work? Is it your mm. ego or your higher self? And at that point, everything changed because I realized that actually it was my ego if I didn't want to do it. And so I said yes. And from that moment, I've worked with the angels and the angelic realms all the time. But you're right. There was a huge initial reluctance on my part to do it. Yeah. I'm fascinated to hear you say that because one of my questions was actually going to be about the presence of the ego and how much the ego can can be a block to us working um, with spiritual beings, with the angels, with light beings. So it was almost like in that moment when they said that to you, it was like an immediate um, dissolving or alignment with the ego? Or? Absolutely. Every, every single thing changed. And then they came to me and gave me all sorts of information for my first angel book, and, uh, and that came out. And again, the angels supported me all the way because that was really when things started to move because I went on morning television and they asked mm. if I had my aura photograph taken. And I said, yes, of course, and mentally asked my guardian angel to step in, thinking people would see the light. But in fact, it impressed itself onto the photograph with my guide like a column of light behind and people could see it. They could see the wings, they could see the head, they could see the light rays coming through. And they were inundated with calls. They had 114,000 calls the night. They went into meltdown. And that, again, shifted things. And I knew that the angels were supporting me. And then I wrote many, many books under their direction. One a year for 30 years I've written. Wow. And... Um, then one day I was sitting in the garden just typing up my next book and I was aware of this energy behind me and I thought that's not an angel and then I realized it was this pure white energy it was a unicorn and the unicorn communicated that it wanted me to tell people about it in my next book so I, I mentioned it brought them in in my next book and then they asked me to write about them. And I said, well, I don't know anything about them. It was actually Mary came in and said, well, spend a week with them. And for a week, I just meditated on them, walked with them, did everything with them. And then I was able to write my first unicorn book, which was The Wonder of Unicorns. Then they came back again 10 years later, seemed to be significant. And this time they asked me to write The Magic of Unicorns, which has just come out. And they wanted me to call it The Magic of Unicorns because magic is beyond the physical mm. as we normally understand it. And so it was explaining about what they can do beyond our physical realms. And, of course, they are helping us in so many ways. As you know, there are waves and waves of unicorns coming in at the moment. And this is why they have told people to, to have unicorns on their cups, on their T-shirts. It's all part of their plan. And I like to tell this story, which was quite extraordinary and absolutely brought it to life for me because I saw this child drop a toy from its pram Mother picked it up, and as she gave it back to him, she said, 
here's your unicorn. At that moment, there was this flash of pure white light touching them. And I thought, oh, yes, that's the reason that they're impressing on people to have T-shirts and cushions and everything else with unicorns on. Because when you see a unicorn, you think about a unicorn. That enables them to come through and touch you. Because the first unicorn connection or how you make your first unicorn connection is to think about them. Mm. And that thought puts you for that moment on their wavelength and they can come in and connect with you. So that was absolutely amazing to me how I was shown why these unicorns are literally on everything. They carry the highest frequency of the Christ light, which is unconditional source love that we can connect with. And so they literally touch us with that and they bring us healing, joy, soul connections. They can make anything happen and they can make pure magic happen. That's why it is the magic of unicorns. And very often they appear as pure white horses with a horn of light from their third eye, which is their enlightenment. They are fully enlightened beings. And when they touch us with the light from their third eye, from their horn, anything can happen. Magic and miracles can happen. And I talk in the book, I share lots of stories of things that have happened when people have been touched by unicorns. Mm. And they absolutely love to help children. Yes. yes. Pure and innocent and light. And so that energy automatically makes a connection for them. I laughed. I was talking to one lady and her son said to her one day, you know, mum, since we've been, since we've moved here, I haven't seen those white horses in the sky that I used to see. And that was the first she knew that he saw unicorns mm. and they would come to him. And he then started to tell her about it. And wow. if a unicorn comes to you in a dream, it is touching you at a soul level and something shifts within your soul. One of the stories I tell in the book is about this child who was being bullied at school. And she was so unhappy. She would come home every night in tears. The parents went to see the school and the school did nothing. They went to see the parents of the girl who was bullying her and they did nothing. And one night she was really in despair. She went to sleep and that came down in the morning absolutely beaming. And she said, Mom, I dreamt about a unicorn. And it came to me and we flew together, saving the world. And, you know, from that moment, she was never bullied again. Wow. Nothing changed except something shifted in her soul that healed her aura and sealed her aura and allowed her to radiate an energy so that nobody ever bullied her again. A beautiful story. Do you think there's a reason why children resonate more with unicorns? Do you think it's because of 
of how how they've been portrayed and how there's sort of more of an allowance for children to explore the idea of unicorns than many adults because often we we put them as something that that children interact with and think of and can play with but less commonly so uh, it's very rare i think to yes we can hear people talking about angels and ascended masters and light beings but unicorns is something that maybe now more so people are beginning to talk about in adulthood as well do you think there's a reason for that well I think children coming in have got a very high frequency Mm. a lot of them are carrying more divine feminine energy they haven't been so influenced by the masculine on the planet and of course the unicorns carry the divine feminine in the golden era of Atlantis everyone was connected with their unicorns This is one reason why they managed to keep the frequency so high, because their unicorn was constantly holding them in the higher light. And then the Atlantis devolved. The unicorns could no longer come into that low frequency, so they had to withdraw. Now, at last, the frequency on the planet has risen to such a level that the unicorns are coming in and touching everybody. Now, 10 years ago, when they first came to me, they said they were looking for people with a light on of service over their head. Mm. And so those are the people they worked with. But now they can work with almost anybody as long as they are light enough because the planet and humanity has risen in frequency to such a level. You mentioned earlier that... um just thinking about unicorns brings us onto their wavelength of them, allows us, us to perceive them, you know, just by thinking about them. In that moment, over 10 years ago, when you could feel that white light behind you, having worked with angels for such a long time, were you even thinking and con- conscious of unicorns or was it something that yeah. they made themselves aware of, of them to you? They knew that you were open and ready. They came to me, yeah. No, I wasn't particularly thinking about unicorns. In fact, at that time, I really thought of them as as mythical creatures. Which many people might that are listening to us. They may be finding it, they may be having, as they're listening to us even, um, in this moment, they might be having that internal dialogue of feeling ready, feeling open, wanting to know more, but also having that voice inside of them that's saying, oh, I I don't know about that, and, and, and having a bit of a disconnect. I know. I think a lot of people are like that, as indeed I was for many, many years. Mm. And once you've opened up and made the connection, then that's when magic happens. This is why I hope that the um, pilot for the documentary that's Mm. now on my YouTube channel, it's an 18-minute pilot, and in the first part, um, people are talking about their experiences and the message that they've had from the unicorns, every single one. I just thought, wow, is bringing in such a message of hope and where the planet is going is so much better. And it's inevitable that we're going into this beautiful space. Mm-hmm. And then in the second half, one of the teachers from the Diana Cooper School, who is also a doctor, came in and she took a patient through a unicorn healing. Oh, yes, I think I read about this in your newsletter as well. I think the story was also there as well. Quite likely, yes, (laughs) because it was absolutely awesome. We had this um, patient who nobody knew beforehand, but she was lovely, but she had also intestinal problems, and we had her aura photograph taken before, 
and it was all yellow and it also had huge breaks in it so dark energy was able to come in. The colour of the aura photograph is that related to the chakras because I know you also talk about the different colours and the different energy centres physically within the body that have light or certain colours associated with them. So did her photograph have something to do with that or is it a completely different science? I think it's partly both Um, but it is actually the energy that you are radiating. So of course the energy you radiate from your chakras is also connected with it but it is the frequency that you are on. Now yellow is the colour of the mind And she said she spent her whole time worrying and thinking. And so naturally her aura was yellow and Mm. very broken. But after she'd had the healing, (laughs) we took the aura photograph again. This time her aura was totally sealed. Nothing could come in. And the unicorn energy absolutely filled it. It was unbelievable. Just pure white with a little pink of unconditional love at the top and bottom. Mm. It was awesome. And people can see literally with their own eyes what a difference connecting to unicorns can make. Mm. And I'm hoping that will enable a lot of people to shift their perception about unicorns and bring them into their lives as real beings just on a different visual dimension from us so the the, you've mentioned that the unicorns are an even higher energetic vibration than the angels they are on different frequency levels the angels are on the seventh dimensional frequency and above and so are the unicorns. I see. Okay, they right. They on different wavelengths. You know, you can have um, two television channels that yes. have the same kind of content, but they're on different wavelengths, different frequencies. And it, right. it's exactly the same. The angelic, like the archangels, mm. they're on seventh and ninth dimensional, but they're on different colour rays. Okay, wonderful. Thank you. So that clears that up for me. Because I know that you give a lot of fantastic free content for people on how to um, how to how to channel that energy, how to be able to um, bring in that angel energy, how to work with it, how to how to contain it in a way within our within our physical and subtle bodies as well. Is that a stepping stone uh, on which we need to pass in order to be, be able to begin to work with unicorn energy and to be able to bring that in as well or is it a totally separate type of practice i think it's exactly the same start thinking about them meditate about them call them in listen to talks about them that is all connecting you to their frequency and uh, and it works very very easily but i do Mm. think that we need to have trust and faith and knowing Mm. because Mm. You know, you start talking about unicorns, meditating about them. Every single person that's listening to this, as long as they're not saying this is rubbish, if they are literally listening and open, there will be a unicorn with them. And you can shut your eyes if you want to, simply because that cuts out the outer senses and just feel your unicorn by you. A lot of people would feel this is a kind of cool energy. Or you may just have a sense of your unicorn as a beautiful white horse with a horn of light right next to you. 
beaming love to you and feel that energy holding you. And as this happens, your frequency is automatically rising above the frequency of problems, above the frequency of illnesses, and all sorts of things can happen. So at this moment, anybody who wishes to has a unicorn right with them, and they just have to know it and trust it. Wow. With an awareness of the unicorn energy around us, especially after this very powerful uh, and very quick exercise that you've done with us, how can we use that energy or the presence of the unicorns in our lives? What can, what can we do with that, knowing or feeling that vibration or that energy around us? For yourself, you can use it to bring light and blessings into your life, or you can use it to send to other people. Now, one of the stories I love in the book is this girl, she was 14. She had been totally disabled from birth. She had never been able to talk, and um, she was in a wheelchair. But she'd seen angels, and now she'd seen a unicorn. And she communicated this with an advanced computer that she didn't have enough control over her hands to be able to touch the keys, but somehow she managed to get it to work so that that symbols and pictures and things and words came up on the screen so you could communicate. And we sat together. The parents asked if I would go and see her because she'd seen this unicorn. And I went to see her and she was absolutely delightful. We talked about angels and what she said to me at the end was, I want to be able to help other people. I want to make a difference. There she was in her totally disabled space, trapped in this body, and yet she wanted to help others. And I explained to her that if she brought in unicorn energy and sent it as a blessing to people, to situations, to places, then the unicorns could go through her and touch those people or situations. So that if she was aware of um, something on television that wasn't nice, she could send unicorn blessings to that place and visualize it much happier and lighter. She could send that unicorns through her heart to pour light into places, to people that were homeless, to visualize them with a home. And she just lit up. She radiated to say she could be useful. There was something she could do. And I just felt so blown away by this, that she knew that every moment of her life could be used to help others now. Wow, very, very powerful and very beautiful. So we know that 2012 was a big year for many people, um, for those on the path of growth, ascension, awakening. Um, And I know that you're right that this was actually to prepare us for the age of Aquarius in 2032. You actually put a timeline on it. But the things that you say and that you write about it can provide some sort of 
solace and uh, meaning to it for other people, um, some sort of understanding. And similarly, 2020 has also been an incredible incredibly difficult year for for the whole planet so not just as individuals people have come to grow more they've they've many many people have become awakened come to knowledge come to spirituality come to growth whichever you know category they want to put it in they come to wellness um what else is in store for us for this journey for this journey towards the age of aquarius towards 2032 okay let's first put it into perspective 2012 was the end of the Mayan calendar, but the end of mm. the 260,000-year cosmic era of Atlantis. So it right. was a massive date. And because Earth, and at that moment, source energy touched the heart of every being on this planet, in this universe, in all the universes, and triggered a movement forward. So wherever you were, you were going to start shifting. And all the universes were moving up a dimension. Now, we were a fourth dimensional universe, but Earth was a third dimensional planet because we hadn't shifted as we were meant to. The reason was, one, because we had free will and nobody knew it was an experiment. Nobody knew how we would act and nobody knew that we would go down into the depths so far. Also, Earth is the solar plexus of this universe. And mm -hmm. so all the fear of the universe was being passed through Earth and humanity, and that also held us back. So we had to move from the third dimension to the fifth dimension, a double-dimensional shift in 20 years. Nobody else throughout all the universes had to do this except Earth, which is why one reason why Billions of souls were coming to Earth with special permission, one, to finish their karma before the new golden age, and two, to help with this transition. So all the light workers coming to Earth in this 20 mm. years are midwives for the new golden age. And that is a special role that they've all taken on. And so we have had to go through a massive cleansing process all the earthquakes and fires and hurricanes, all these things that have been um, accentuated over the last few years have all been part of the cleansing, as you know. Mm -hmm. So for the next 12 years, it's now more about, and of course, part of it has been the huge influx of angelic realms, of unicorns, mm -hmm. of dragons, all these wise, wise beings and spiritual beings coming in to assist us. And this is going to continue and get more and more. It's saying that 2 million people have awoken this year already. Mm. And this is really, really amazing and high and wonderful. And, um, and so for the rest of the years, we, what we have is the last of the cleansing to take place mm. and then a reintegration as we start to build towards the new. So at the moment, the old paradigm, the third dimensional paradigm of selfishness and everybody working for themselves has to end. Mm. All businesses that are not in alignment and governments and pharmaceuticals and corporations that aren't in alignment with the new paradigm are currently breaking down. Mm. 
anyone who becomes unemployed, it's because at a soul level, their soul is saying, okay, that work you're doing was not in alignment with your higher self, with your soul purpose. So they're making them unemployed and asking them not to go in a circle looking for the same job again, which is what Mm. a lot of people are doing. Mm. In fact, look for something in alignment with the new paradigm. And that is about helping people, helping natural medicines, helping gardening, helping um, children, helping creativity. Any of those things are in alignment with where we're going. And so the sooner that people get into alignment with that, the more quickly everyone can move forward. And so we are going through extraordinary changes and it is going to be challenging for Mm. so many people. But then towards 2032, there will be peace on earth. There will just be a few places where peace hasn't settled in yet where that fifth dimensional paradigm is not quite ready. But soon after 2032, then we will start having world at peace. As soon as that arises, then new spiritual technology can come into the planet, which is not allowed to come in Mm. until we're at peace. Because if we're in conflict, they can't um, bring it in because it can be misused and for many other reasons. Yes. you have peace, then the new can come in. As someone that has, that considers themselves, that has been on the spiritual path, I would say that it's very obvious now after all these years that more people have turned to what would be traditionally considered as as spiritual practices, uh, meditation or, you know, more for the corporate world with things like mindfulness or growth or optimization. But, you know, they're all sort of stepping stones towards a towards a more spiritual path so is that a necessary part of our collective ascension that everyone finds their route and will the ascension happen even if other people or some people around us don't find their spiritual path I think there are many many ways many paths I don't think that meditation is the only path and I think that a lot of people find other things like even just looking at orbs That can be, for many people, a better form of quieting Mm. and going inside and and looking at the higher realms than anything else. But it's also about helping other people. That is a path. There are lots and lots of paths up the spiritual mountain, so it's not just one. And um, the path I happen to be on is the angelic path because that's the path I'm on, Not, not that it's the right path or the only path. And so, yeah, we're all going there. And yes, Earth is ascending into the fifth dimension, no matter what. And those that aren't ready and don't want to ascend to the planet because they would prefer a third dimensional reality of drama, then they will no longer remain with Earth and they will move to another third dimensional planet. Yes, you talk about the exodus of souls from Earth in 2032 is is that this is that the same topic of the beings that perhaps are more comfortable with a third dimensional way of uh, existing i'm not sure that thousands of people are going to die just in one year but i do think that there will be a clearing out a natural 
decision-making process that those souls who don't want to live in peace and harmony will no longer feel that they want to be in the vibration of the fifth dimension. So they will naturally incarnate somewhere else. So do you feel that um, those who are more sensitive to this, this type of work and these incredible beings that are around us and that are very generously making themselves known to us, um, to be sensitive to that, do you feel that people have had to um, take many births and lived many lives or lived on many different dimensions? And does that specifically relate to the angels and beings that would be around us at any time? And, you know, I think that when you're on Earth in a physical body, you're never going to get the whole picture. Right. But my current understanding is that every soul is on a long journey. From the moment they left source, and um, brought with them angelic energy and all sorts of other energies. They are traveling through this universe, other universes, different planets. Some may choose to come to Earth or be invited to Earth. And once they've got onto a wheel of karma, I think they've got to come back again to clear it. But there are many, many other planes of experience. So this, you're mentioning other planets now. So I did want to ask, how does your work relate to things like the planets and astrology? Is, that, is there an overlap or is it a different path, as we were talking about a moment ago, that there are different paths to ascension? Is there an overlap or are they completely separate? Everything is connected. One yes. of the things when I was writing The Magic of Unicorns was numbers. And as you know, every number has a vibration and it affects you. On Earth, the effect is not so strong, but out in the cosmos, a number has a massively powerful energy. And say the number one is a pool of very high frequency energy, and it has a downside and an upside that can affect you. And one of the things that the unicorns did in the book, and I share what happened was, I'm writing, and as I'm writing, they're taking me on the journey that they are, that we're writing. It took me out into the cosmos to sit in the pool of my life path number, which happened to be three. I sat in that pool of energy, and I could feel it so powerfully out in the cosmos. And then the unicorns came and ignited it. And I felt as if I was blazing. And I, and of course, when the unicorns do that, only the positive aspect of that number influences you. And so all those powerful energies were impacting on me. And I absolutely know that it pushed my incarnation, my job, my life purpose forward. It was incredibly powerful. Mm. And of course, you can do it for the influence on your home, on anything else, hold it in your intention. Ask the unicorns to take you there and then mm. ignite it. And that will magically, incredibly impact on you. Wow. So what have been some of the biggest changes? If you had to pick, say, I don't know, your, maybe your top three tangible changes. And now that you've started working with the unicorns and now that you've invited that energy in into your life and for it to manifest, what would you say were your, if you can decide, your top three uh, manifestations that you could share with us? And with well, our that's listeners? interesting. Um, I think that 
I feel the energy kind of empowering me all the time. And I know that it's there very strongly. I feel that um, for it, something like the unicorn documentary pilot, that they've mm -hmm. absolutely been behind that and made it happen and given lots of symbols that it was right. I'll explain that in a minute, if you remind me. And um, so those have been very strong and powerful things. And also very much calling in the unicorns and sending them out to bless people and things, but also the trees. The trees are very, very tired on the planet. And I think that blessing them with unicorn energy, seeing the pure white light coming right down through them and into their roots makes a massive difference to them and is spreading a lot of that high frequency light. And people don't necessarily connect unicorns with trees, but of course, everything is connected. Yeah. And I love to do that. And I call in other energies as well. And um, I, I find that that's really helpful but the what I was going to say was that the unicorns like the angels give you signs of their presence but mm. somehow they are very very powerfully pushing you and I got this kind of message or impulse from the unicorns that the best way to get them out was to get a documentary out there so the very next day a friend came to lunch and guess what he's a uh, film producer I thought okay so I asked him for some advice about this and he said oh I know the person for you but I don't know if he'd be interested in subject matter you know I don't think he's into that sort of thing but I phoned him up we chatted he was intrigued he came to see me we had lunch together and we agreed that he would do it and he went home and started to create the contract so he sat there in the morning did the contract and then he took his dog for a walk and when he put the bag in the bin from the dog bin, there was a toy unicorn peeping out at him. <laughs> right. He ran home saying, that's got to be a sign. And then that evening he went out to post the contract. And when he reached the corner of his road, there were three people standing there chatting to each other. As he passed, one of them said, I can't wait to wear my unicorn horn tonight. <laughs> it's got to be a sign so yeah. they are very good at leaving signs you know you might see somebody walking past with a unicorn on their t-shirt yeah now it's so much easier you might see a car going past with <laughs> you and I on its number plate right I really like this because it makes me want to look out for the signs a little bit more as well what about people that just put it or attribute those sorts of things to the divine, to 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 things like that. Is it again all the same because it, everything is connected? Or would you say that you know the unicorns they have their own specific um, manifestation and their way of working with us? What's, is there? A I difference? think they're all on different rays. They all mm. work slightly different ways because mm. an angel will bring about the wishes of your heart. The unicorns work with the desires of your soul. So if you have a soul desire, something that makes you feel deeply contented, that will take you onto the, your life path, then you can ask the unicorns and they will take that energy to source, to mm -hmm. 
to ask for it to be blessed and to help you. Because mm. you do give lists, a wonderfully generous list on your website and through your content, for example, of how to raise your vibration. And you give lots of lots of tips and lots of things for people that they can do. Um, and one of the things I noticed is you talk of having to raise the light quotient of your body to 81%. So can you talk about what this means for those who don't know and how we can get to above 81% and what the significance of this is? Yeah, well, this is to do with ascension levels. And so when you want to ascend, then you have to get light into your cells. Mm. And um, you can do this by meditations and there are all sorts of exercises in my various books on ascension and enlightenment mm. that enable you to take in more light. One of them is working with the unicorns, working with any of the archangels, but especially Metatron. And he can literally take you into mm. light baths and places that fill you with high frequency light and help you. So it is, and it's also, it's, there's no point in spending all day long doing meditations and then going out and being horrible to people. <laughs> the way you live your life and um, about being generous and giving and developing those higher qualities of mm. kind compassion. Mm. All those qualities, even courage, whatever it is that you need, you develop those qualities and that brings you the light that you need for ascension. Mm. Within those uh, lists, you also talk about um, as well as so many different things which are from the world of, of wellness and well-being that many of our listeners will be familiar with. You talk about uh, mantras and chakras, which are more associated as ancient Vedic principles. Um, you relate this to the various angels and their energies. Um, so there is some overlap of language um, and cultures in some sense, but but not in others. Can you talk about the cultural variations and, and what, how people may experience this in the work that you do? Probably not, but I'll do my best <laughs> um, because I'm on my pathway. So yeah. I don't do a lot of going into other people's pathways, but I, I love going to India. I was born in Pakistan. Yeah. I have a, a very strong affinity. I think Hinduism is a beautiful, beautiful religion and very welcoming. And they use different terminology. But whenever I talk to anybody they can absolutely connect what we have with what they have. But they just use, see it slightly differently and use different terminology. So I believe that everything is about finding the light, though it may be done in a slightly different way. And so I think that it's more about the ascension of the planet and part of it is by looking for the common humanity, honouring the cultures of others. This is also part of the development of the navel chakra, which was mm. so powerful in Atlantis, which is one mm. of the 12 chakras that's been returned to us now. It's um, never about how different it is. It's always about how we can work together, how we yeah. can honor somebody else's beliefs and ideas. Yes, I must definitely agree with you, Diana. Yes, because I, I could definitely say that that's something that, especially through what I've experienced with meeting so many wonderful people, that there is, it's never coming from this, especially on this on this path that you were telling us about, it's never ever coming from a space of differences 
but no. of complete unity. And I think that is one of the most beautiful things about it because it's open for absolutely everyone, regardless of their background yeah. um, and, and whatever their beliefs or culture may have been before. Well, one of the reasons that the cleansing of the planet was chosen to be done by the elementals was that, so you have an earthquake. It's horrific. The people that are going through it are going through major initiations, mm. but it brings neighbours together. It enables countries with different beliefs to help each other, to start to see the common humanity in everybody and look for that. And that was one of the reasons that was chosen by the Intergalactic Council as a method for us to move forward and cleanse the planet. Oh my goodness, the Intergalactic Council is something I definitely want to know more about. But Diana, you mentioned that you were born, um, I know that you were born in in the Himalayas. Do you think that uh, geography and location impacts our our physical bodies and what we're able to do this lifetime? Because we know that the Himalayas are an extremely, holy, highly energetic place can we do this work anywhere for example if I'm on a plane god knows when that might be again or because of covid or if I'm on the underground do I need to be anywhere in particular or can I access these energies and this sort of work wherever I am you can but obviously it's easier if you're somewhere where the frequency is purer and lighter Mm. I was born at the exact moment first bomb fell on London and Again, there was a purpose in that, that I was to bring light in, though, of course, I was totally unaware of anything like that, Mm. to bring light in in the East to counteract what was happening in the West. And so this is is how it works. Most people, before they come in, they have a a proper meeting with their guardian angel, their Mm. overlighting archangel, their main spirit guides, and possibly the members of their family their parents-to-be, their children-to-be. It's all very carefully planned beforehand. And they they have a big meeting with all those souls and take decisions. Okay, I need to learn this, so I'll agree to be in hospital seriously ill at this age. And, oh, well, I'll be your mother and support you, and I'll be your child, you know? And so it's all worked out. And in fact, when we were learning about orbs, we used to see orbs coming to families. We were told, yes, that's a soul coming to assess that family to see if they're the right family for them to come into. So there's a lot of preparation. But I didn't have that. I was just called in. And Metatron was there, my guardian angel, and um, Kimika, my guide. And... I was told there is this job to do. Do you want to do it or not? Which I think I probably said no. (laughs) 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 They they told me why I should do it. So I said yes and went straight away. (laughs) So, you know, everybody is different and has a different experience. Yes, absolutely. I think some some of the things, especially with uh, with uh, lockdown pub quizzes and things like that, I can certainly share with you, Diana. One of the things that I learned about unicorns was during my question researching for for a big pub quiz, and I learned that in London you could actually buy crushed unicorn horn from apothecaries from chemists till as late as the mid 1800s that really is not a very long time ago i mean they were horns of um certain kinds of antelopes that just had one 
um, creatures with one horn were really severely disadvantaged for hundreds of years as people sought them out and killed them. They were wanting the mythical qualities of these higher mm. beings. Well, I'm very, very pleased to know that these higher beings are back. And through you, you are going to be making us all aware of them more and more in the years to come. Um, and shortly, you'll be hosting a workshop with us on unicorns. Absolutely. What? Yes, I am so excited about that. What can we expect from that? How would you make this appeal to people to people that maybe have absolutely no idea about unicorns or perhaps still think of them as mythical creatures as opposed to light beings that we can work with? Well, I say that one of the things we do is some deep meditations to connect people right into mm -hmm. that unicorn energy and take them on journeys either to heal their soul or to take them into the pools of Christ light or something where they are bringing back an energy that shifts them. So they literally are not the same person that went into the lecture as comes out of it. Wow. And, and will this be preparing us to work with them more? Because I can imagine you will be absolutely inundated with questions, Diana. <laughs> I hope so. That's <laughs> lovely to have lots and lots of questions. But the yeah. mo I think the most important thing, because the questions are answered in my books, but the yes, most important thing is to experience it. And that's what I like to bring to the Zooms, the seminars, etc. Yes, because you do you do Zooms online. Your book is available now. It was released earlier in August. Is it important for us to have read the book before the workshop? Will we get more out of the workshop having read the book or, or is that not a prerequisite? I would say that if the unicorn touches you and asks you to go and you won't know this except you suddenly have an urge to go, you think, oh, I think that's interesting then that's right for you to be there. Gosh, I can't wait. I absolutely cannot wait. And I cannot wait to be at this workshop with you, Diana, as I'm sure all of our listeners will be super intrigued after all the things that we've touched on. We've touched on so many things. So thank you. It's felt like, for me, it's felt like a very, very quick chat. I know that I want to dive into this whole realm and all of this wisdom. So thank you so much for taking this time and for, for educating me, educating our listeners on this amazing new topic. And I cannot wait to read your new book, Diana. Thank you, Bethany. Thank you. I've really enjoyed chatting to you. Oh, thank you. For more information about the Wellbeing Festival, visit mindbodyspirit.co.uk. Today's episode was sponsored by Larabar. I've been your host, Pavani Vias, and this episode was produced by Josh Roberts and our sound engineer, Erin Milliken. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back very soon.